All right, here we go. Another Sunday down in the football season. We still got a lot more to go, and I'm excited for that, as I'm sure you all are. Hmm. But um, hello, guys. Welcome here. First off, I want to say thank you to all the veterans, current, you know, presently serving in the military. Forgot to do that last Sunday. I feel terrible, um, but, you know, want to say thanks to all of you because um, we get to do this. Granted, this might not be a good reason to do this, but hey, you know, I'll leave that for you to decide. Um, so coming up, we're going to talk the World Series. We got to talk Frank Reich. That's going to be a big topic today because um, this is just a mess down in Indy. Um, but then we're also going to talk Tinkle on this, a fun one this week. Um, but let's begin with the takeaways. You started last time, right? Or did I start? Oh, yeah, I, I know. I, I'm pretty sure it was me that started last time. All so right. let's see. All right, let's do this. So the Chargers, oh, my goodness. I got to start with that game because, man, it was the choker bowl. You know, when I thought the choking was done, it just finds a new way back into the playbook. The Chargers went full choke. Austin Eckler fumbles the football. Then the defense recovers. It looked like it was going to be a fumble six. Then um, one of the Chargers caught up to the lineman that recovered it, made him fumble, and then an offensive lineman fell on top of it, which ultimately led to not D-Hop, or, you know, Dustin Hopkins, is what mm-hmm. I should say. D hops the uh, Arizona, um, but you know it went from Mr. Hopkins to uh, Dicker the kicker, is what he's been nicknamed this week now. Ever since that win, um, you know you got Greg the leg. Now you got Dicker the kicker, <laughs> and Dicker the kicker wins the game for the Chargers. Um, but Chargers won it in the most Charger way possible. Meanwhile, the Falcons lost it in the most Falcons way possible. Funny so, how that works. Just, I, I got no words other than that. No words. Um, but <laughs> I have to talk about it, you know. Um, I have to put my point across there. Just what the hell. <laughs> hey, a win's a win. All right. I'm not going to spend much time on that because you know what? It's... Stuff like that's just not worth my time. This shouldn't even be in my takeaways. This should be the tinkle on this, but, you know. Um, honorary mention. Why do you think I'm drinking? But alright, with that, I'm the next one. And this might be a warning sign to the LA Lakers, the LA Clippers, and the Golden State Warriors. This might be a big warning coming up to them. The Miami Heat have just lost their their arena sponsor after the company um, FTX has filed for bankruptcy. And for those who don't know, FTX is a crypto company. Um, Yes. Roll my eyes, you know. I guess fortune doesn't favor the brave anymore. And... (laughs) It doesn't favor the Miami Heat. So FTX Arena will remain FTX Arena for this weekend's matchup against the Hornets. But then it's 
going to be renamed eventually once they find a new sponsor. Um, now, the reason I say that the Warriors should be concerned, I believe, but for sure the Lakers. The Lakers should definitely be concerned. Um, yeah, well, Lakers and Clippers, but eventually the Clippers uh, are going to be having yeah. a brand new stadium. So I don't, they're kind of in the clear for right now. The Lakers, the Staples Center, got changed to a cryptocurrency name. It's been Staples Center for so long. Now, the real question is, does Miami Heat go back to their old sponsor of American Airlines and be the American Airlines Arena again? Yeah, I have no clue. I mean, this is just going to be a fun Honestly, I would watch. be fine with that. Same thing with the Lakers. Make it the freaking Staples Center again. Yeah. I mean, I know I get it. Staples isn't really as big as they used to be, and really not the greatest sponsor in the world. But it's been Staples Center for a year. Bring it back to being called Staples Center. So you got so many companies that would step up and sponsor them in a heartbeat. But yeah, you got to do that, and don't even think about bringing in the vaping companies because you know that one's been rising too lately. But um. Yeah. <laughs> Why not name it the Kobe Arena? How's about that? Because you know Kobe raised quite a few banners in that state in that arena. But you know the days of naming arenas after players has long gone. Um, so, but nonetheless, it will definitely impact them. By the way, the Portland Trailblazers, and I looked this up. They have StormX, which is a startup crypto company that pays cashback awards on online purchases. That logo is on their jerseys. This could also impact them, too, in a way, in the future. You know, this very well could be the downfall of, you know, crypto sponsors. Mm. And I hope so. You know, personally... And I, I hate diving into this, but just honestly, crypto's such a waste. Honestly, <laughs> such a waste. I'm sorry. Right. I I didn't want to give an opinion on it, you know, because there's a lot that goes into it. But I gotta say, crypto is just dumb. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah. So with that, let's move on to the third takeaway. And we got to talk the early college football playoff rankings because um, they just came out the first time this year. Um, and right now, you can judge by the fact that Alabama is now a two-loss team that they mm -hmm. are probably not going to be a team that represents the FBS um, this probably season. Not. So you could probably guess that right about now. So... Um, right now it's Georgia number one, the defending champions. They are currently the number one seed if the season ended today. Ohio State would be number two. Michigan would be number three. And I believe this would be a first time ever, but TCU would be yeah, the fourth that's seed. It's kind of interesting to see that TCU is even as high as they are because usually they're like the bottom of the pack. Yeah. Um, Michigan is usually up there, I mean, with Coach Harbaugh. 
Ohio State, I mean, I'm pretty sure they were there last year and played up against Georgia. So, it'd be interesting. I mean, Georgia, who knows? They might just repeat. Hmm. But, yeah. Well, I think what's going to be interesting. Oh, sorry. But I was going to say, what might be interesting is the two versus three, if that stays the same. Ohio State and Michigan. That's probably the biggest rivalry in college football right now. So, that might be one to watch when we get to that point, if it stays this way. Um, you know, the last few years, Ohio State and Michigan have put on probably the biggest games of the year. <clears throat> and I mean, you know, we obviously have Syracuse Clemson. We might, you know, we have Alabama, Georgia. We had Alabama, Auburn a few years ago when Auburn was in the race. But this one's by far the biggest now that John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh has put Michigan back on the map and it only took him a handful of years to do so Mm -hmm. but um i'm intrigued you know and again i don't watch much college football i just don't like how the playoffs are set i think it's kind of rigged in favor of the big five conferences there the power five but i gotta say you know, this would be a power matchup right there. But with that, I'm going to turn things over to you for your takeaways here. All right, so it was a very sloppy game yet again for the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, a lot of Bills fans are probably going to be like, well, they didn't have a lot of pieces on the defense. That shouldn't matter whatsoever. I don't care who we have out there on that defense. I don't care who we have on the offense. Um, Josh Allen shouldn't be the leading rusher. You have three decent running backs that you could have utilized in this game to really, you know, keep the defense at bay. And you use Josh Allen more. And fortunately, he did suffer a... um, hurt tendon in his elbow. Um, he didn't practice Wednesday. He didn't practice Thursday. Of course, we're recording on Friday. He was limited. He actually did, was on the practice field um, on Friday. So, as far as, you know, him playing later on today, um, it'd be cool. Do I think it's very logical? Definitely not. I mean, but if he does play, hopefully he can be Josh Allen that throws over 300 yards, has, you know, three or four touchdowns and hardly any picks, maybe absolutely none, Um, especially against a team like Minnesota who is riding the hot hand. Yeah, they've beaten a lot of crappy teams. Don't get me wrong, they're not a very credible 7-1 team. Um, Buffalo, I think, is a lot more credible at six and two than Minnesota is at seven and one. But if the Bills can keep on playing the way that they do, it's going to be a bad one. But I think they're going to have a lot of pieces at play. Matt Milano should be back 
from a one-game absence of oblique injury as he uh, practiced fully two days in a row. Tredavious White was not on the injury report, so mm-hmm. Tredavious White is going to make his season debut against the Minnesota Vikings. What a great, great time to have Tredavious White back. Oh, I am so happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so happy being a Bills fan to see that we're going to have Tredavious White back in a game that you're going to have to deal with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and TJ Hawkinson. I'm so happy to see that he's back. Um, especially with Kair Elam out. I mean, he's doubtful for this game. He didn't practice whatsoever. Um, so, that Tredavious White out there. Um, personally, if I'm the Bills, I would take... Xavier Rhodes off of the practice spot and pair him up with Tredavious White instead of having Benford, a rookie, match up against two of the better receivers in the NFC. Just my feeling. But back on track here. Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. uh, Two games in a row he's thrown two picks apiece. Um, Bad decision-making on his part. Bad decision-making on the offense. Once again, at the MVP by doing this. I mean, this is is. further solidifying that Jalen Hurts appears to be the MVP frontrunner right about now. And, you know, don't give me the, oh, what about Patrick argument, you know. Sorry, it's to me it's Jalen Hurts right now. He's been playing better all around. And, yeah, Mm -hmm. you could argue they have, like, the third weakest schedule in the NFL – but he's taken a step up. I mean, you know, you still got to work for those wins. And even if they are against weak teams, you know, just right. the numbers don't lie. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to go on the numbers, the numbers don't lie. So I, you know, unfortunately I think Josh Allen has taken himself quite a few steps back in that MVP race and if he wants to get back into it he's he got to get back into the rhythm right he also needs to understand he does not need to put the t- team all on his back like he has weapons he has options out there utilize them you know yep. I hate to say it where's where's Dawson Knox been all year yeah. You know, that man was one of the top tight ends last year in touchdowns and touches and stuff like that. This year, he's got, what, two touchdowns? Where last year, mm-hmm. within ten, the first ten games, he at least had, like, six or seven. Yeah. Like, this man needs to get more involved in the offense. No, no, you know, this and, and this goes on Ken Dorsey, too. Ken Dorsey needs to understand that you have more than just Gabriel Davis and Stephon Diggs. Hmm. Utilize a lot of your other receivers. You have McKenzie. Um, you have another top, you know, rookie, you know, a pretty good rookie receiver and, you know, Shakir. You have other options. You also have Naheem Hines that you can throw the ball to out of the backfield. You have James Cook. You have Singletary that you can utilize out of the backfield. You know, just, you you know, I guess ultimately it, the blame could be on both Dorsey and Josh Allen. Dorsey needs to know that 
he's got ways to, you know, make this offense explosive. I mean, look at the first, like, few games before these losses. You know, that offense was looking pretty good and explosive. The last two weeks have not been. Ever since the bye week, this offense is like, you know, not the same. So, yeah. um, um, going on to my next might, takeaway. I might just want to add real quick. The Bills, you know, again, I still think they're a Super Bowl favorite. But now it's they've taken a step back, too. I mean, as much as Josh Allen's taken that step back, the Bills have now taken that step back because now it's like, man, you know, are they going to survive their own division at this point? I mean, they're 0-2 in divisional this always seems This always seems to happen to Buffalo right around this time, and then they end up, you know, surprising a lot of people and end up winning the division. So I think this is going to be another mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills situation where yeah. – Everybody but, thinks but, that you know they're out out of the count, and then they somehow go full thing, steam but ahead. It's not like the past. It's not like the past, though. I mean, now it's you know, the Dolphins have the weapons, and the Dolphins are clicking right now. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're you know, it's just gonna keep taking slip ups like this for the Bills to lose that. Div- you know, it's gonna be that one wrong slip up that's gonna be the difference. Not just between the one and the two seed, but now it could be the difference between the two seed and the five seed. Okay. Right. Like, that's just how competitive this AFC is compared to last year, compared to the year before. This is where Ken mm-hmm. Dorsey, as an offensive coordinator, in the first year in this role, he's got to figure something out. He's got to get creative. He's got to go back to the drawing board here and kind of reinvent what he, you know, essentially reinvent the wheel here. Mm-hmm. You know? That's why, ultimately, I think it would be all right with me, having East Keenum yeah. playing this game against the yeah. Vikings, only because there's not really much footage on Case Keenum with the Buffalo Bills. But at so, the same time, this, if the Bills were clicking, could be seen as a Super Bowl matchup. And that's another True. thing. I mean, granted, I'm sure the Vikings will be a very early exit, but they're the closest threat to the Philadelphia Eagles right now, if not a bigger threat than the Philadelphia right. Eagles. But, again, I can't stress enough, you know, I, I think he's got to play this game because if he doesn't, again, you know, this could be – It's. I'm telling you, Bills fans, if, you, if they lose this game because Josh Allen didn't play – and they somehow end up with the fifth seed and having to play on the road the whole playoffs, it's going to come back to, man, you know, if we only played Josh Allen, especially if it's a one-game gap, it's going to come down to, oh, man, if we only played Josh Allen against the Vikings because I think it would have been the difference maker between them having some sort of home field advantage in having to potentially go to, not Miami, but, you know, maybe Tennessee, or maybe having to go to, you know, um, it's probably going to be Tennessee, or, you know, maybe Cincy or Baltimore. Well, I mean, Buffalo under Sean McDermott does not have a very good road track record Mm -hmm. in the playoffs. Of yeah. all the road 
playoff games that they have played have all been losses under Sean McDermott. Mm-hmm. But all the all the home playoff games have been wins. So mm-hmm. they they definitely, if anything, yeah. if the Buffalo Bills yeah. want to get to the yeah. Super Bowl, and if they got to keep the number one seed. Yeah. And if you they think do. that Patrick Mahomes at this stage of the season is going to, if you're going to bank on the fact that he's going to make a mistake, you're sadly mistaken. Um, if there's any game he's going to drop, I would predict it's next week's matchup against the Chargers based on how close it was the first time through without Keenan Allen. It would be nice. Okay. That really, right. to me, might be the only blemish. But you know, in if you know, you could expect the Dolphins to make a mistake, but it's mm. not looking that way right now because it appears that they are firing on all cylinders now that Tua's back. Right. I just don't understand that. But um, going on to my second takeaway, all thirty NBA teams have released their city jerseys, and I honestly. They look pretty nice. I mean, a lot of the teams um, look pretty good. I mean, Dallas, I, I love those Retroplex jerseys. They look so nice. Um, last year's, they were all right. I, I mean, if you if you think about it, um, what the Dallas Mavericks have done is, I don't know if you've looked at their old school jerseys well the white jerseys from last year were very like their white jerseys of the past their blue jerseys are very like 80s like um i think i like them a lot better they just look a lot more fresher than last year's um personally if i'm a if i'm the owner of the dallas mavericks i would make those retro like jerseys as the current ones make the what you know the blue ones as your blue unis, the white ones as your white unis, and then the green ones as your alternate. Cause that would be awesome. I, I just I, I like those hardwood classic jerseys so much. Um, of course, they bring them back every single five years. Um, so I, I think they have another few years before they wear those jerseys again. But personally. I would be all for them. Kind of like, you know, when you were saying that the Miami Heat should make the Miami Vice jerseys are yeah. permanent um, yeah. instead of jerseys. I, I think Dallas should make the like, the retro their permanent jerseys. Of course, they're probably not going to, but... This um, insert with all the jerseys that the Heat have ever had thing is just... It's just weird. I can't get behind it. Honestly. Yeah, that's why I was saying. Like, I don't know if you've got a catch of, like, the some of the city jerseys um i guess my favorite ones are the probably the celtics and the mavericks the celtics actually look very nice houston's Um, aren't bad honestly houston i do like that one i'm pretty sure those are the ones that they had um like those are their classic unis that they made their city unis i mean Um, like the warriors the warriors put a nice touch on theirs i do like that um, and I'm looking through the rest. Like, I don't know if I'm a big fan of that, like yellow rose on yeah. their jerseys. To but be I honest think that's with you, ni- I think that's creative, and that's what they needed to do. Whoever did Chicago's, whoever did, um, yeah, Chicago. Sh- whoever did that should just get fired. I mean, that's just copy and paste from whatever jersey that they have right now. Um, what is it? You know. 
The Celtics kind of remind me of those Christmas jerseys a few years ago, but other than that, I'm looking at the rest, and to be honest, I'm just not that impressed. I mean, the Dallas ones are pretty nice, like you said, but the rest of them I'm not impressed. I think this was kind of a subpar city jerseys this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I would happen to probably agree with that. Um, I wasn't I mean, a really big fan of, like, the Suns. The Suns jerseys look absolutely, They don't like, look right. Same, same with the Bucks. The Bucks and the Suns don't look right in blue. I'm I'm pretty sure those Buck jerseys are very, like... Like, a lot of the teams that have city jerseys this year... Are there like mm-hmm. classic unis that they had, or the alternate unis that they had last year? Houston, their city jerseys are their like, ult- you know, their classic unis, but this made them their like, city unis yeah. this year. Um, Even the Pacers are just disgusting, honestly. Honestly, one of the other ones that are very underrated. I I think Atlanta has very underrated city jerseys. Those look yeah, really nice. It's not terrible. But um, just I can't get past the lack of creativity by Chicago. Oh, I know. I saw theirs. There, there, theirs look like almost like their um, their alternate unis. Like they didn't really put any thought into it. It's like, mm-hmm. eh, here a black uni. No, that's the white jersey with the Chicago on it. From what I'm seeing, but. No, I just... I don't know. Again, either way, year, this is an interesting pickup, and I honestly don't understand why Buffalo didn't try to go after him because mm-hmm. they kind of in the market for a safety, especially since Jordan Poyer is out with the elbow injury. Jonathan Abram got picked up by the Packers. He's a definitely interesting name. He's not a bad option as a safety either. For the Packers, um, we got um, cut on waivers by the Raiders. Packers were like, okay, you know what? Yeah. You know, we could uh, add to our secondary here and and bring them in and have them start, you know, with... Um, oh, I forgot who the hell their other safety is, but... Uh, um, I mean, if you look at their secondary, the secondary is not bad. Packers probably the best thing that they have going for them on that team is probably their defense, if anything. Um, but John, I think they only brought in Jonathan Abram to really help out that secondary because they're just giving up way too much yardage on defense, so they thought, oh, okay, maybe bringing in somebody like him will do some, do wonders. Now, as a Bills fan, you know Jordan Poyer possibly could be out for the whole entire rest of the year as well as Micah Hyde with injury. Why wouldn't you take the option to sign Abram? I hate mm-hmm. to say it. Nothing against having, um, you know, bringing back the guy that you brought back, you know, from trade deadline, but he would have been a better option than having what we have. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, yeah, I just don't know, honestly. Like, they need to bulk up that secondary in general. I mean, especially if they do go on to play the Chiefs again. 
So, right. I mean, the Packers have nothing to gain. They have nothing to lose. They're just not going to go anywhere, unfortunately. Um, as harsh as it is to say. I don't know. I mean, Abram, I'm pretty sure has been, you know, I, I don't know. I think he's always been with the Raiders for a while, too. But honestly, I really do think that He's somebody that can bring a different dynamic to the Packers, but you know, especially with a team that needs as much help as it can get. Um, I hate to say it, Packers. I don't think you needed the safety. If anything, you needed a damn receiver. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my god. You needed a receiver. You didn't need a safety. That's why this makes absolutely no sense. You know, it just but, goes hey, over their heads. That's the problem. No, because they rather just improve that defense because they apparently think that that's the only problem that they have at them. No, your real problem is that damn offense and receivers that apparently do not know how to run routes and catch the damn ball. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Packers, you had an opportunity to try to go after Brandon Cooks and you fucking failed. You still have an opportunity to go after OBJ. Yeah, and I doubt he's even going to go to the Packers. He's going to go to a team that, you know, is in contention for a Super Bowl. I hate to say it. Nothing against Cowboys and the Dallas Cowboys, even though they're very much linked. You know, I've seen a lot of things about possibly him being linked with the Dallas Cowboys. He ain't going to the Cowboys. And if he does, good for him. Good for the Cowboys. You know, I don't think they even really need him, but, I mean, yeah, that'd be interesting to see where he honestly goes. I, I do think that he's going to go to a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. I hate to say it, Chiefs fans, he ain't going there either. Chiefs don't have any money, but... With that, I guess we'll take our break. When we come back, we'll talk the World Series. We'll talk Frank Reich. And, of course, we'll talk our Week 10 NFL picks. So we'll be back in just a moment. All right, they didn't cheat. Maybe. We don't know. But the Houston Astros are World Series champs once again. They're second since 2017. Um, if you still count and that one, they did. <laughs> yeah. So good series, honestly, very good series. When you see a no hitter, right? So, um, um personally, you know, it would have been nice to have seen the Phillies. Yeah, Me. Astros were just a better team. I, I guess they really did prove it that they were legit mm -hmm. enough to win a World Series. Um, I don't know if you also saw too. Apparently, an older gentleman won seventy-five million dollars on a bet. Mattress Mac, dude, that's insane. That's Mattress <laughs> Mac. He always bets on those Astros, and this time it paid off. Yeah. Um. So congratulations, Mattress Mac. Can I have a little piece of that money? Yeah. Right. That would be nice. Yeah. But um. <laughs> Can I just say, though, as far as the Astros, again, I think this is the Prove It World Series now, you know. They won it technically at this point fair and square. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I think they were kind of getting upset and took the, you know, in in the Michael Jordan meme way, they took it personally when they heard the booing and the fuck Altuve chants. And now they put it to bed. But um, I got to point out two things that David Ortiz said that could have very well been tinkle on this worthy. Um, David Ortiz mentioned in that series, you might as well call the Astros the Yankees' daddy. And I've been very vocal about that because it's so accurate, number one. And number two, Justin Verlander was on the set of the MLB World Series postgame show. And David Ortiz with Kate Upton, who is um, Justin Verlander's wife, he asked her and him, She's he's like, Hey, um, Kate, if Justin Verlander plays one more year, you'll be okay with that, right? You know, blow off the family one more year. Mm-hmm. In other words, a dig at Tom Brady, his, you know, crosstown neighbor. <laughs> so... Another tinkle on this worthy, you know, um, honorable mention there. And Kate Upton said she would, so Tom, I think you married the wrong woman, buddy. (laughs) Sorry, oh wait, sorry. If he married her in 2006, I'm pretty sure it would have been illegal, so... Oh yeah, probably would have, because he is like almost like half his age. (laughs) Yeah, I think Kate Upton's like 30-something now. Well, I mean, now if they wanted to, they could, but definitely back in the day. I don't know. But, alright. Even more bizarre than that, in a move I did not see happening. Definitely uh, not. I don't think anybody saw happening. Frank Reich was fired by the Colts. Um, Well... That I figured was going to. I figured what, it'd be end of the year. Not personally, they had to do what they had to do. But even more surprising than Frank Reich getting canned. One of their former players yeah. is now the interim head coach. And he's never coached a year. day in his life in college or the pros. Okay, Jeff Saturday, for those who don't know, he is an ESPN analyst right now. Um, Has never coached, again, pros or college, but he did coach high school this year. And if you care to know his record for his high school team, let's just say you would lose your job if you were in college D1 or the NFL and lost mm-hmm. as much as that. Um, two and seven as a high school coach this year. Um, I think we're both on the same page here when I say, say you're tanking without saying you're tanking. It's also safe to say that Jeff Saturday is probably going to run the ball more. I don't know if you've seen videos of like um, Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday like getting in physical arguments about um, Jeff Saturday wanting Peyton to run the ball more. And he's like, you don't make the fucking plays. I make the fucking plays. <laughs> I was like, oh, so safe to say Jeff Saturday is probably going to actually what? be like, you know what, Peyton, now it's time for me 
to show you what would have happened if we ran the ball more. It's, and then when you have a guy like Jonathan Taylor, why wouldn't you want to run it more? And I get that, but, you know, when it comes down to going back to Frank Reich. By the way. <laughs> Frank, what's that? And so, of course, I'm just kidding, by the way. I mean, I'm but, just taking a joke as Jeff Saturday and Peyton Manning with their old school playing days. <laughs> but Frank Reich. You know, I would love to say as a scapegoat, but when you benched Matt Ryan, you know, for Sam Ellinger, you kind of put yourself in that boat, you know. You kind of said right there that I'm going to take the fall for if this doesn't work out. And there you go. In the few years that Frank Wright has been with the organization, he went with, he had like 33 wins, like, but 33 wins. And look at what he had as his coaches. He had Andrew Luck, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Carson Wentz, Philip Rivers, mm-hmm. and Matt Ryan. I mean, yeah. it's it's not terrible in the like four or five years that he's been in the organization with the quarterbacks that he's had. But if you look at it, the only time he's made playoffs was with Philip Rivers as his, as his quarterback. Which doesn't look good for for his track record whatsoever. So forty thirty three um, and one. Mm-hmm. Um, as an offensive coordinator, he was Super Bowl champion, as we all know. Right with uh, Philadelphia. Yep. I think it's safe to say he might have an OC job coming, if not another head coaching position. And can I be the first to recommend that we replace Joe Lombardi with um, Frank Reich? Because I think Frank Reich's got more guts than our head coach does. I mean... Frank Reich, I think, will end up having another job in the NFL. Maybe as an offensive coordinator or so. Um... Because I, I still think that he can do very well with the offense. You know, his decision-making as a head coach is definitely not a good one, but I think that he can still run an offense. Yeah. Um, well, But if no you look decision. at the Colts situation, it's safe to say to just say, you know, forget this season, just tank, grab whatever draft pick you can that can help this organization. And then just look into, like, what would be your best option as a head coach. No. Um, no decision could be any bit remotely worse than his replacement. Than the one that you already made? <laughs> no, than the decision that um, Jim Mersey made. That was a lousy decision to replace him with Jeff Saturday. Was no oh, coaching know. experience whatsoever. I thought something that like, why would you, like something about like why you know Jim Irsay hiring his drinking buddy? I was like, huh, they wouldn't shock me. I mean, <laughs> Jim Irsay has uh has uh had some uh, partying issues, mm-hmm. if we uh, all know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's safe to say that they're tanking and they're tanking in the wrong way. Yeah. There's going to be new rules soon for tanking if he keeps pulling that, but 
Um, I mean, possibly, but, you know, in the end of the day, is it really his fault with the whole Matt Ryan situation and the reason why they've only won? Yeah, I get it, but um, with that, I think it's time to move on to some picks here. So we start with the game that's already in progress in, in uh, not London, but Germany, Munich, uh, Munich, Germany. Yeah, the first, the first time that NFL is in Germany. Yep, and it's the Buccaneers and the Seahawks, Tampa Bay favored by two and a half. I don't know if I like it. That's Buccaneer that the Buccaneers are favored. I'm gonna have to go with the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are just a lot better of a team than the Buccaneers are. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Seahawks here. I think they got this. Um Buccaneers are like a work in progress right now. Right. Um Vikings Bills, Bills favored by three. <sighs> I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, getting some, uh, you know, very big defensive guys like Matt Milano and Tredavious Whiteback is going to be huge for this team. Um, you know, possibly no Tremaine Edmonds, no Kyrie Elam. Uh, Dane Jackson should be back in the fold. So I think Buffalo defensively-wise will be better than last week, so that will be a big, huge thing, but we do not know if Josh Allen's going to be playing or if it's going to be Case Keenum. So, uh, Hmm. Honestly, and this might be the first time that I actually go against the Buffalo Bills, especially for the rest of the year, I'm going to have to go with the Vikings here. I just have a strong feeling that Buffalo is not going to win this game. I, I could be wrong, but I just have that strong feeling that they're not going to win. I got a feeling that uh, Minnesota's going to take this one as well. Just Delvin Cook's been good this year. Um, you know, Kirk Cousins playing well, Justin Jefferson. Really, ever since they got that new coach, it's just like something's finally clicking over there. Right. So... I got to go with the Vikings here in what could potentially, and I say potentially, be the Super Bowl matchup when we go to, um, oh my gosh, where is the Super Bowl this year? Houston? Arizona. Arizona. When we go to Arizona. Um, it could be. Yeah, here we go. This could be probably one of the better sloppy 1 o'clock games. Lions and Bears, oh my and the Bears are favored by two and a half. See, I'm gonna have. I, I like the Bears in the situation only because they almost damn near. They outdueled with. I mean, they didn't really outduel, but they dueled with the Miami yeah. Dolphins, and they were this close, yay close, to possibly have won that game. Um, so. I'm going to have to go with the Bears. The Bears have been looking pretty good. I think they're a lot better than what the record shows right now. Uh, Justin Jefferson, hit, or J Justin Fields, I should say, has been playing pretty well yeah. as of late. But 
I get it. The Lions, you know... The same argument can be made on the other too. side. I know. The Lions could be 4-4 four and four right now if things were different. I just think that the Bears, with the advantage at home, is what is getting the edge for me mm-hmm. here. If it was in Detroit, I would probably say maybe Detroit. But since Chicago is at home, I, I think that the advantage is on their side. Yeah. And that I think they're going to take the win here. I think it's going to be the Lions. They're coming off a big win last week against the Packers, a team that's absolutely owned them the last few years. I right. think that brings some momentum to a young team like the Lions. So i got to give them the edge here. And I still don't buy... Justin Fields again, you know, and I can't stress that one enough. Um, but Broncos Titans Titans favored by two and a half. I'm gonna have to go with the Titans. No doubt. I, I just I, I can't trust Russell Wilson and this Broncos team at all. I gotta go with the Lions too. I or not the Lions, the uh, Titans. <laughs> oh man. But um, I got to go with the Titans here. I just don't see that being a game that's winnable for Denver. Um, Kansas City, the Chiefs, and the Jags. The Chiefs favored by 9.5. Um, is this even like a question? I mean, it's going to be the Chiefs. Let's be honest. I feel like the Jags could make it interesting, but it's still going to make, or it's still going to be the Chiefs by a pretty decent margin. Um, Browns, Dolphins, Browns, fa- or Dolphins favored by three and a half. See, I don't know why your brother is so scared about the, them possibly losing to the Browns. I just don't see it. I think the Dolphins are going to get the win here at home. I think it's going to be a close matchup, honestly. I mean, the the Browns have easily the best run game in the league right now. Um, you know, and you look at some of the Browns' losses, they've been in it. It's not like they're, you know, well out. So, I'm going to go with the Dolphins, though, but it's going to be close. Texans-Giants. Giants favored by four and a half. Come on, is this a question? The Texans have just been looking shitty all year. The Giants... I, I'm going to have to pull for the Giants here at home. Yeah, sorry, i got to go with the Giants here. I believe in Brian Dable. I think and, he's going to get it done. Mark my words, Lovey Smith is going to be the next head coach that's going to get fired this year. Hmm. Um, Which would be sad because it'll be two years in a row that the Texans have released a head coach. But I see it happening. I hate to say it to Lovey Smith. I just don't think he has it anymore. Yeah, he shouldn't be, but, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't think Lovey Smith should be canned. I mean, look at the roster around him minus Damian Pierce. I get it, but... I think that, you know, even though you have that kind of roster surrounding Davis Mills, there's no way you should be 1-6-1. Yep. Um, Saints-Steelers. 
New Orleans favored by a point and a half. Hmm. I don't know. Saints have been playing crappy all year long. Steelers have been too. Um, I'm going to probably go with the Saints. I think the defense is going to be what's going to help them win this game. Saints will barely pull this one off. Honestly. But then again, um, it wouldn't shock me if Pittsburgh does get the upset and win, honestly. I don't know. I just don't think Dennis Allen's the right guy for New Orleans. <laughs> in all honesty. Clearly not. <laughs> but that's why I'm going to go with um, New Orleans. I mean, I'm going to go with New Orleans barely because Steelers are just, oh my goodness, they need a lot of help. Right. But, um... Colts Raiders Raiders favored by four and a half and based on the news this week I mean are we gonna question that uh no Raiders yep sorry I gotta go Raiders here this is just absolute bullshit tanking um but Cowboys Packers um, this is Mike McCarthy's first return, I believe, to Green Bay since he lost the coaching gig. I want to say probably. But nonetheless, um, Dallas favored by four. Personally, I would love to say Packers, but I'm going to have to go to the, the Cowboys here. Yeah. Um, Mickey Mouse schedule for Dallas. Okay, so I gotta go with them. Um, Cardinals Rams. This could be another big game this weekend. Um, and the Rams are favored by three. Can we just say that it could be zero three since uh the new COD game comes out? No, <laughs> I mean, uh. I don't know. I mean, these two teams always play each other really tough. So, who knows? Um, I'm probably going to go to the Rams, honestly. Hmm. I think Kyler Murray is more focused on the video game than he is with his own damn team. So, Yeah. I got to go with the Rams here. I just it's clear that D-Hop and uh Kyler Murray aren't getting along right now. So there's some issues over there. They need to work on it. I I got to go with the Rams. Um Chargers and 49ers. San Fran favored by 7. Yeah, I had to. I hate to say it about your team there, but they're gonna lose to the 49ers. I will graciously admit it. They're gonna lose. So, um, 49ers for me as well. Um, Commandos and Eagles. Oh man, I think we both know who we're picking here. And still undefeated, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I I just don't like their. You know, that they're claiming that they're, you know, their road to perfection. It ain't going to happen. They had to play teams like the Titans. They're not beating the Tennessee Titans. I hate to say it. If I don't think they're going to beat the Giants or the Cowboys either. 
to be honest with you, but yeah. But they're definitely going to get the win against the Commanders here. But all right, on to Thursday night, and it's the Titans and the Packers. With the Packers favored by a point. How are they favored in this game? Um. I mean, if they lose, that's a that's going to be a tough week, a tough short week to have to try to get things back together against the Tennessee Titans. Um, I'm going to have to say the Titans. Ah, uh, man, I'm going to go with the Packers here. I think this is the game they'll barely pull out. So, um, with that though, that's our picks. For this week. Sorry we're kind of falling asleep. It's been a really long week for both of us. But um, here we go. Tinkle on this. Adam Schefter. Man. Well, first off Kirk Cousins. If you didn't see the video on the plane. He had all these like gold chains around his neck. Um, kind of looked like Mr. The seventh win of yeah. the season. Yeah exactly. And he kind of looked like white Mr. T. In a way. <laughs> just without the mohawk. Well, Adam Schefter, the next night, decided to put on his own impression of Kirk Cousins. And let's just say he looked like Mr. T with the white Mr. T with a dad bod. <laughs> I was just going to say, no, that was unappealing on Monday Night Football. <laughs> yeah, so Adam Schefter... I pity the fool that makes fun of Mr. T and does so terribly. And for that, my friend, I pity the I pity the fool because you're tinkling on this. <laughs> so, yeah. Um no no out of turn 4 until January. Um just thought I'd release that programming note. There's no more racing for the season after Joey Logano claimed the NASCAR Cup Series championship. Um, by the way, rest in peace, Coy Gibbs, um, in case you didn't hear, um, Ty Gibbs' dad passed away just hours after he won the NASCAR Xfinity Series title. Um, of course, I had a lot of thoughts on that Xfinity Series championship on our last episode of Out of Turn 4, and I kind of sat back and reserved myself because I just don't want to stir the pot. I don't want to upset race fans who are clearly visibly shaken by that loss of Koi. So, I left it alone. I had to take the high road. But with that, maybe Jason, depending on how um, AEW goes, he might choose not to take the high road about certain things. But what's coming up on No Final Bell? Yeah, well... The road to full gear is shaping up big time. Um, of course, uh, I guess a programming note, this week is going to still be regular show, but uh, the next week afterwards, it will be um, pay-per-view special. It, it's going to be full gear and um, overdrive from Impact. Mm -hmm. um, and also, great news Um Soraya, the formerly page is actually um, yep, did we um, is now 
100% cleared. She will be able to actually compete for the first time in so long. Um, she had to retire because of neck um, issues, neck and everything mm -hmm. like that. So it is nice to see her back into the fold and 100% cleared and being able to actually compete as she will be facing off against Britt Baker at full gear. So AEW is shaping up more and more to the pay-per-view. Of course, you know, this coming uh, next week's Dynamite will be the go-home show to Full Gear in Newark, New Jersey. So be definitely look out for that as, you know, that's going to be the only real thing that's going to be happening with with that. Um, so, yeah, tune in Wednesday 5 for um, No Final Bell, YouTube, Facebook, course, Watch. Of um, course, last episode was... A day later, but we'll make sure to have it on Wednesday yeah. at five going forward. If if other than that, we will definitely update you guys on it, post it on social media and stuff like that. So then you're not out of the loop. Yeah, but with that, um, yeah, it's a shame we don't have out of turn four. But again, the reason just no racing going on. So why upload an episode? So. But keep an eye on social media. There might be some um, out of turn four updates. You know, um, you never know. Not video, not videos, but maybe posts. Um, you know, just keep an eye out. Um, thanks for watching, and we will see you back here next week with another edition of um, Sunday Morning Tinkle. Till then, goodbye, everyone.